Oh hey, I'm glad you're here. We have a big announcement, and so we thought we'd roll out a bonus episode. Lately, something's been on my mind, and maybe everyone's life with movies was like this, but all I know is what was normal for me. And growing up in my dad's video store, I had free reign to pull whatever I wanted off the shelf. A wide swath of films I partially saw because I put it on while I drew, or later made zines. Hammer horror, westerns, Z-grade science fiction all fell victim to this. But what would happen quite often is one scene, something you would have never seen if you hadn't put it on. And nowadays in Twitter and etc, everything is this many stars, too slow, not enough action, too much exposition, and on and on. Honestly, it's exhausting. And when I look back at the luck of growing up in the aisles, I don't look back with Stranger Things tinted glasses of neon nostalgia. I look back at that wide-eyed open heart toward the visual arts. Sure, a movie might be wonky, weirdly lit, with ethereal pacing, but the scene where the kid sees the ghost in her soup is something I'll never forget, and I'm glad I sat through it. Now I understand the urge to think our personal tastes dictate whether something's good or bad, but they just don't. And perhaps as kids, things are just simply more rad, and as we get older, films become the Jack Lemon to our Walter Matthau. Who's to say? All I really know is that movies certainly can be different things to different people, and that's okay. Not as okay as this episode's late return, let me tell you that, so let's get to it. The guest is Sarah Marshall, and this is VHS Podcast Presents New Releases and Late Returns. Hello, and welcome to VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns, your alternative format where we first champion our current favorites in entertainment and then make a late return to a lesser-seen gem. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall. Sound like I said lesser-seen Jim. Poor Jim. Yeah, no one sees him. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and I'm joined by Sarah Marshall. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me come downstairs. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> welcome to the downstairs. Mm-hmm. I cleared a space for you. Thank you. I yeah. just barely fit in yeah. here. <laughs> How are you? I'm I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, it's good that we catch up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Every couple hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you've had quite a week. The new season's here that has like 25 stores or something. You filmed something with them or shot it and you did three different recipes with salmon and that came out today and just was it yesterday there was a news crew shooting something with you in the kitchen yeah good thing i got my hair cut right right? (laughs) for this podcast i couldn't show up with pandemic hair right yes good point yeah i've done some cool stuff we're lucky to live in a rad city that wants to support local makers so the news team was here to help tell our story it's tomato week at the farmer's market and so we were really trying to drive people to come to the market so i was showing them how to make hot sauce at home and how we make our sauces if people don't want to make it at home they can just come get it and then yeah for new seasons i wrote some recipes because they are bringing in coho salmon it's coho salmon season so i was showing people how to smoke salmon at home without a smoker such a cool recipe yeah it's really fun and easy and that's the kind of stuff i love to just like experiment and get weird and try new stuff i mean you know because you live with me yeah i get to try it all (laughs) uh so will that recipe be on the website or just on their website Right now, it's just on their website. I will probably do a demonstration on video because this was just a written recipe, but we have all kinds of learners in the world, so I like to give people a visual recipe, but then also the written text. 
Yeah, and that'll be on your Instagram Live? Yeah, Spice Marshall is my Instagram, and I do videos every once in a while on how to cook things from the market. Awesome. And then the recipes are usually put up on the website in the recipe section at marshallshotsauce.com. If you're a listener, you've heard a few of those ads. Yeah. So. Yep. Let's sponsor the podcast. There it is. Supporting my hubby. So supportive. <laughs> we'll also be announcing something very big for the first time in this episode, but we're going to wait until later. Ooh, leave them hanging. Yeah, that's cool. right. That's right. Which means it's time for new releases where we shout out current faves. We're going to start, as always, with print. Anything in print that you're reading recently? Oh, Books, reading. whatnot. Yeah, I, you know, I like my movies to be erotic thrillers, but I like my books to be more psychological thrillers. So um, I'm currently reading a book called The Party. It's by Elizabeth Day. Um, You know, the psychological thrillers I read usually have somebody trying to be someone else, Mm. you know, taking over maybe an identity or they don't like who they are. And so they kind of transform themselves, these kinds of things. And then there's usually some kind of murder that happens. So this is one of them. I'm only partway through, so I'm not exactly sure where it's going, but I'm, I'm into it so far. Did they get to why it's called party? The party. The party. It's called the party because this something takes place at a party. I'm still not even exactly sure what it is, but one of the main characters is being police interviewed. Okay. And so we don't know yet if it's a murder or... It's always a murder. It's it's usually a murder. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not sure. So I'm about, you know, pretty far into it to not exactly know what's happening, but I'm, I'm digging it. Awesome. And then I just finished a book called Bitter Orange by Claire Foulette. It's French. Foulette. <laughs> I could be however okay. you want to say it. Perfect. <laughs> and that one was good. That was more like, I don't I don't really like period pieces. You know, I've talked yes. about it before. I'm, I'm not a history gal. But this one was really interesting because it was about architecture and greenhouses and all this stuff. They were like restoring and writing about the history of this greenhouse. But then, of course, there's a murder. And I would hope so because that sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> so boring. If I put it on, it was a, if it was a movie and I put it on, you yeah. would be like, blah, 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 boring. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, would you like to hear the history of a greenhouse? Sounds like the least entertaining. Um, well, it's like, you know, because there would be all this... It's, no, you're right. <laughs> without no the murder, there's not... Oh, without the murder. Unless you're super into history. Like, if Heather was here, she yes. would be like, tell me more. Well, she'd probably know already. She would. Yeah. She's like, the first one was built by Janet Greenhouse. Yeah, and, she yeah. would know. She would know the thing. That's awesome. So, you know, I love when people are into whatever they're into. So I could get into this one because yeah. there was murder. Murder and sex were in it. I was like, okay, I can hang on with the greenhouse history. They have sex in the greenhouse? Of course. There's so many windows. It's all windows. <laughs> it's, and it's so steamy. Wow. Okay, I'm back in. Yep, there you go. Okay, gotcha. They got me. <laughs> I just have one book and I'm still diving through it. And you got it for me. It's the Coil book, The Universe is a Haunted House. I love this thing. It's massive. It's everything I ever wanted to know about the two main people in Coil and their correspondence with each other. Um, it's a beautiful book. It's too. really amazing. Um, it's massive. Yes. And very pretty. Yeah, it feels great. Do you have any books that aren't kind of spooky? No. Cool. Well, looking at my shelf, there's either there is some movie related stuff because of the podcast, and then 
all of Derek Jarman's memoirs. So mm-hmm. other than that and Chris Connolly's poetry and lyrics, no, it's all death. There's actually just books that are just pictures of skulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. two of them right there. <laughs> They're massive. Well, that's why your book collection is downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> and the cookbook collection is upstairs. Just, you know, so tiny beings don't see things they shouldn't see. Right. <laughs> Although some of the Edward Gorey stuff has mixed with our child's books. Yeah, that's fine. But totally not, tame. But not the one that's just all the taxidermied kittens at tea parties and stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute, though. I know, someday, someday, someday. (laughs) Which brings us to music. Anything you're currently listening to? Well, I'm... (laughs) Oh, I already know where this is going. Listening to a lot of placebo. weird. (laughs) Which is not my favorite music, but it is your favorite music. And you happened to introduce it to our daughter, and she just hung on, (laughs) and we drive around in the car a lot together, and so... So that's what I listen to. And this morning, she's, like, putting her shoes on. You know, kids don't tie their shoes these days because everything's Velcro. So she's Velcroing her shoes and singing, Did you forget to take your meds? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, Hey, Mom, what are meds? So nice. I'm like, Yeah, like, medicine. Oh, and she's like, Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was like a duet with, I think, Allison from The Kills. So the backstory for anyone that doesn't know is you were out of town and I was like, I'm going to show our daughter some music videos. We had some time where it was just the two of us for about four days. So her first music video she ever saw was The Cure, Love Cats. She loved it. She wanted to watch it over and over and over. So I showed her, uh, I think, a Square Pusher video. And, you know, I'm thinking of it as like short films, basically. Mm-hmm. She's never seen anything like this. And she wasn't really into that or Aphex Twin or uh, LFO Freak. You know, I mean, not many people are, Jer. Right, right, right. Okay. But then when I got to Pure Morning and Placebo, she could not believe what she was watching. She wanted to know why he was on the, the edge mm-hmm. of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he jumps off, she stood up and was, like, visibly distressed. <laughs> and when he sticks the landing on the side of the building and then walks down it singing mm-hmm. the song, she wanted to watch this over and over and over and she was like i want to watch placebo pure morning and i showed her live videos which she didn't like because they're so sweaty <laughs> and uh i was like okay that's fair She's like i like my singers fully makeup and powdered yes she, she does <laughs> and that started something that i didn't anticipate because i showed her a lot of music videos she even liked wolfsheim uh, an all german synth pop mm-hmm. band who doesn't? Yeah, but then she requested it in her grandma's car, I think was the mm-hmm. first time. So they listened to it, yes. and now mm-hmm. it's it's become a thing. She even got her other grandma to watch the video on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard her explaining. I had her friend in the back seat after school yesterday explaining the video to her. And she's like, and I mean, I know it's editing, but <laughs> she calls he it just editing. walks down the side of the building. And then they had this whole conversation about how they... They like to know that, you know, videos and movies aren't real so that when they're scared, they can, like, talk themselves down. So it was a really interesting conversation about film between these two seven-year-olds about a placebo video. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. Uh, Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. What have you been listening to? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Gotta say, keeping me on track always. (laughs) Well, summer's dead to me, and that just means the transition into fall. And 
summer I listen to a lot of like electronic music. I mean, I do that year round, but it's a lot of like instrumental electronic stuff, summer vibes, mm-hmm. you know, the permanent vacation, mm-hmm. you know, compilations. But now we're transitioning and I found myself diving back into Wolf Shine, as I just mentioned, a Pop Jingma Berserk, V&V Nation. I've been making a lot of gift packs. And so that's what I've been <laughs> listening to. Cocktail Twins was a year round this year, but normally they come in in the fall, Susie and the Banshees, that kind of stuff. So Wingtips is a band that just put out a brand new album, and it's very, not like gothy gloomy, but more like emotional, synth-poppy, but got some party vibes going Mm, on. Sounds fun. Yeah. Have I heard it yet? I just got it today. Very into it. It's super fun. Yeah, so that's, that's everything in the music realm. Which brings us to television. Oh, yeah. What do you got for us on television? We've been watching a show called Eight Strangers. Is nine right? Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Had to get one part wrong. Yeah. Nine, yep. nine Perfect Strangers is what we've been watching. So it's a Netflix show, yeah. right? It's about Balky Baltakamas. <laughs> <laughs> He's cloned himself seven times. I wish I could remember the, the Perfect Strangers theme song. I would bust it out oh, right I now. Know. I don't know it. My brain always goes, come and knock on our door. And I'm no, like, that's not right. No. That's Three's Company. Yeah. Well, if I remember it, I'll, I'll break it out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so we're watching this Nine Perfect Strangers. I mean, if, if I talk about it, is that spoiling it? You can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, it's still going. We don't know everything. I don't know everything. So it's these people going to a health spa... And they're like carefully chosen and they're there trying to change something about their life. It's run by Nicole Kidman. Run by Nicole Kidman. And they're giving these special juices, but then really they're like microdosing. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) I think experimental drugs is always an interesting topic. You don't see it. I, I mean, of course, this is the first time I've seen anything about microdosing in like mainstream. It's cool that it's out there. I prefer mental health counseling yes. to, <laughs> to microdosing, but it brings up interesting ideas, especially for people that are really steeped in trauma or traumatic experience that maybe it can loosen them up to talk about it. The problem with the show is that then they don't have any like skilled counselors on no, staff. No, they just release them to fields. <laughs> yeah. They're like, be free. And then the thing with microdosing, you know, like anything, it's like, oops, accidentally overdosed yeah yeah. (laughs) you know i didn't micro anymore and so you know things get weird and seem not very fun and yeah the cast is great i will say yeah i think it's casavelle i don't know i think it's definitely worth watching it's fun it's interesting it deals with a lot of issues you know it's like it's good it's worth watching yeah i usually don't like michael shannon good music he's always just so like frumpy and grumpy and like meh but in this one, he's really funny in yeah. his grumpiness. All he needed was glasses all this time, I think. Get some glasses, yeah, man. Yeah, put some glasses on Michael Shannon. <laughs> I agree. We're also watching the new season of American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. So this is the thing with American Horror Story. It should be something that I love. It should right? be, yeah. But it, you You've know, had us watch all of them. I've watched all of them. And, and really, I just like Stevie Nicks. So once, like... Stevie Nicks was on there, and it was Witches, and I was like, this show is made for me. Mm. And then that was the only one I really liked. And really, if Stevie Nicks wouldn't have been in it, I probably would have felt the same. And, you know, anytime anybody starts singing year out, yep. that they make it often a musical, Ugh. part musical, is like... Evan Peters. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and I love vampires. Like, I should, I should love yeah. this show. 
But I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. I've never liked it. But I will say Macaulay Culkin is great in the... Macaulay in, Culkin is saving it yeah. this season. Every time I am he comes only on. watching it for him. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's helping. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's great. Thank you, Macaulay. Yeah. And then the other show we're watching is called Murders in My Building, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, I, I should I'm look it up. I'm into it. But, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin, Martin Short. I wish we had all of it right now. Oh, is that was that why we're not watching it? It's one of those they just release one at a time. Yeah, which is kind of nice. I do like yeah. that, but also it's really good, so I wish I could watch it all. I do like it because otherwise I just stay up until like four in the morning watching them. So this way yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I watched one. I can go to bed. That's true. That's a good point. Brings us to movies. Any movies that you would like to discuss right here, right now? Right here. Oh. Mm, are we? Have we watched any movies lately? Yes. Sure. Give me some. What did we watch? And okay. I'll talk about them. <laughs> well, I will say that I've been prepping for my 31 and 31. Right. So that some stuff I haven't watched and I've just been putting it in the categories. I have it almost finished here. Oh, looking good. Um, A paper calendar. Paper calendar. I go old school for this. Yeah, you do. Would you like to know the themes? Yeah, totally. Okay. Some of these might move around. But okay. People... I, I won't hold you to permanency. Okay. But 30 and 30 listeners calendar. should know that there's always a vampire day and there's always a witch day. Yeah. Can you explain what the 30... So in 31 and 31, a lot of people do this. It's you watch a different horror movie each day in uh, the month of October. Mm -hmm. So it's a big, big celebration. And I know there's people that like, I watch horror movies year round. Yeah, we get it. This is just a special little fun thing that we do. And it's just a... And you make it a celebration. So we, you pick different days of the week Mm -hmm. that have different themes. Yeah. You plan it out in advance, Mm -hmm. very into it. You try not to do too many movies again. Right. There's We have a couple films that we watch pretty much every year, Mm -hmm. uh, but I try not to have the month just be like the greatest hits because I don't want to just rewatch the greatest hits all the time. I want to like force myself to dig and find different things. I think it makes it really fun. I like that you do the different days too because then I can kind of be like, oh, we're going to be watching a movie with... Rats. Yes. Well, you, you looking were looking at, at Ratman, Rat <laughs> and there he is with of unknown origin. Look at you, Ratman. Deadly eyes. I forget what the other rat movies. Probably Willard was one of them. Mm. Uh, that was Ratter Day one Ratter year. Ratter Day. So this. So tell us the days of the week. Yeah. So this, starting with Sunday, is uh, no Sunday, and that's all vampires. Nice. Yeah. Then mini Monday, so just small killer things. Mm-hmm. Then we have booze day because uh, ghost movies. Oh, boo. Yeah. Like a ghost. Nice. Not like booze. Like alcohol. We'll see what I do that day. <laughs> witchy You're we- just going to get really drunk yeah. and watch ro- ghost movies. <laughs> I won't remember anything. Uh, witchy Wednesday. Mm-hmm. My fave. Uh-huh. Furs Day, which is all movies with fur involved. Mostly werewolves. Oh, great. I mean, we'll be honest. This one, I'm not sure what I was writing down. I think I wrote Fires Day instead of Fries Friday. It, so it was just movies involving fire? Great. Which is interesting. And then Slasher Day, which is Saturday, because there's just so many slashers so many that's slashers. like, you could do five new ones every year. And mm-hmm. they, I think they make five new ones every year. So it's just, you'll never get to the bottom. But of movies that we've seen, I just watched Don't Breathe 2, which I didn't enjoy. So I don't recommend it. I, I, did, I don't know why I watched it, because I have this thing where I watch sequels to films that I didn't enjoy the first one of. Mm. And that happens. I liked the first 
three quarters of Don't Breathe. I loved the claustrophobic nature of this being face to face with your enemy and they can't see you there. It's very tense. Mm -hmm. But then when they did that turn towards the end, it was really gross feeling and mm -hmm. I didn't like the movie anymore. So this movie is just doubled down on the gross and um, it just wasn't for me. And then I re recently watched Beyond Hypothermia, which is a Hong Kong action movie from 1996 uh, about a female assassin. And that was very fun. I recommend people try to track that down. It's hard to see. And I recently rewatched I Saw the Devil because I was on the Solid Six podcast oh, yeah. uh, to talk about that movie. And their episode coming out this week or last week, depending on when this comes out, is about Cold Hell, which is one of my favorite films from, I think it's from Turkey, also known as Die Hole, that they're covering as well. I love that movie. I'm really nervous to hear what they think about it. So those were rewatches. That's about it. You got anything? I don't think so. So we've been on a lot of TV. I mean, we mentioned three yeah, series. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of TV, and I've been doing a lot of work. Yes. I can't even remember those being on, so sure. that means I wasn't paying attention. Excellent. <laughs> Which brings us to our late return, mm -hmm. and boy, is it a gem. We're talking about Zandalee from 1991. Zandalee. Zandalee. What a title of a film that I've never heard anyone mention. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, you have me watch things that people don't know about, but then once I saw all the people that were in it, I was like, why haven't I ever heard anybody talk about this movie? Yeah, great point. It's directed by Sam Pillsbury. Mostly he's done TV movies and Free Willy 3. Oh, great. Yeah, the film stars... Now, everyone, put your uh, listening ears mm -hmm. on. This film stars Nicolas Cage, yep. Judge Reinhold, Erica Anderson... Steve Buscemi, Joe Pantoliano, Marissa Tomei, and Vivica Lindfors. Oh, and Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville, right away. <laughs> I saw him and I was like, wow, interesting <laughs> casting. And oh, and Zach Galligan from Gremlins and Waxwork shows up in two scenes. Yes. Because like every, even the cameos, you're like, what is going on? There's a lot of people in this movie. There's so many. And one of my favorite things is you were working, you were sending an email or something. So you missed when it said Nicolas Cage on the screen. So it I did. loved that. Mm -hmm. And when it said Aaron Neville. And so yeah. I forget which character it is that goes into the bar first. And you just go, is that Aaron Neville? Yeah. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was shocked. He was the fancy lad bartender. He's in the two crazy vests in this yeah, movie. Yeah, crazy. And you know, I mean, I love a vest. Yes. And he's got these beautiful sequin vests. And I was like, oh, hey, buddy. Yeah, hey, he's best got buddy. show off the guns for the ladies. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. And then when Nicolas Cage comes on as one of the main characters, I didn't see that he was in the movie when the subtitles came on in. He, like, appears in, like, a cloud of yeah. smoke into a bar. And you could just tell from his silhouette who it was. But I was like, is that Nicolas yeah. Cage? <laughs> and it's, like, 1991 Nicolas Cage. So he's got yeah. the long hair and, like, a magician's soul patch kind of yeah. thing going on. Interesting look. It's really weird. Can we talk about Nicolas Cage for a minute? Yeah, please. Because I don't understand why he's so famous. <laughs> I mean, he, like, is he a heartthrob? Is he... No. Every time I see him, I laugh. Yeah. You know? And he plays these sort of... He's always got a problem, right? And he always has <laughs> some always kind of big freak out. Yes. Right? Where he rages. He goes in every big. movie. Yeah. Every movie. And so, this, even this one in the 90s. But you're never terrified by him. Mm. But why is that always the role he's cast in? I think he started doing that. So he's, I believe he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, mm. I think. 
I think that's a relation. So I think that was maybe his in into the industry. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But that's his sort of style. He's basically, a, I would say he's a character actor that eventually was around long enough that started starring in movies. I'm not sure exactly, but he, that's what he reminds me of more than a leading mm-hmm. man, even though he was in like National Treasure or whatever the movies were. I mean, yeah, Con Air and stuff like that, but I never considered him a heartthrob. Um, send all your letters to uh, to us and let us know. Um, <laughs> find me on Instagram, VHUS underscore podcast. And, yes, you know. let us know. Is Nick Cage your heartthrob? Because, so he plays this role in this movie where he is supposed oh, to we, be... I guess we should say the synopsis, I guess? Sure. Go. So it's set in New Orleans? Say it that New way. New Orleans? <laughs> I've never been. How would you say it? I would say New Orleans. Perfect. But I am from Oregon. Right, that's so true. So they Not would Oregon. say it may be different there. Yeah, so the film is about Judge Reinhold and Erica Anderson, and their marriage is on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And enter Judge Reinhold's old college buddy, played by Nicolas Cage, and a love tryst, shall we say, starts. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be this, like, womanizing artist. Yeah. You didn't buy that part? <laughs> no, I didn't buy it. I was like, Ugh, why would she a, want to make out with him? He has an answering machine full of ladies calling him. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the role that he's supposed to be. And yeah. then he has these, like, freak out meltdowns. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, dude. So Work the, some stuff out. This film was originally NC-17 and was recut to be an R. As far as erotic thrillers go, people are naked a lot in this movie. There's a lot of nudity. But aside of, from Erica nudity. Anderson... Yeah. It's not who you'd normally think you'd be seeing naked. I don't know who's asking for Judge Reinhold in erotic thrillers, but <laughs> you see his butt. Yep. I mean, you really do. There's a lot of grinding. I don't know if you do see Nick- Nicolas Cage's butt. I think you do. You do. You do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So people, there's... So uh, if, there you go. if Nick Cage is your thing... Right. Watch it. Yeah, get that. Some butt action. There you go. Yeah, now I'm totally distracted from what you were mentioning, but... Oh, his sexiness. Yeah, just, I mean, I, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's the role he's cast in. I think as we watched more and more of this movie, I was like, oh, do we not hear about this movie because it's so problematic? (laughs) So I was wondering if it was one of those ones that just like buried a little bit. No, I found it on a list of erotic thrillers Mm. and believe it or not, world, a lot of these erotic thrillers aren't streaming anywhere, Mm. anywhere. There was films I looked up where I was like, oh, we're going to look up this. It was like body of something just like body of evidence but like mm-hmm. just slightly off and i was like we're yeah. gonna watch this knockoff directed mm-hmm. by like stallone's brother or something and couldn't find it anywhere probably 30 movies i looked up weren't there and then it was alphabetical you know it was pretty amazing that i finally got to this film yeah well i thought that you know it was a fun watch because of all the people that were in it and i would recommend it for a certain type but here's the thing about erotic thrillers mm. Sometimes there's themes I'm not into. I love erotic thrillers. A lot of times there's like maybe some kind of infidelity happening. Are you just mad there's not murder? Well, sometimes there is murder. Right. There was sort of murder in this one. But, um, you know, anytime they take it to a place where if a woman says no and the man keeps going. Oh, yes. I get angry. Sure. Because I'm like, you know. Yeah. If they say no, you stop. No matter if you're in a passionate affair or not, mm-hmm. you can't get caught up in the, you know, romance of it all. Mm-hmm. If someone says stop, you stop. So as soon as that part of that movie happened, I was like, well, maybe they 
cut this out of their showings. Mm. Yeah, well, and it's also, there's possibility that there was something that was cut for the R rating that we might not be getting. So it might have made more sense in its original context, but we don't know. Plus, it was 1991, so it also might not have. Yeah, I don't know. But this one, there's a lot of the erotic pieces that, that are there. There's a lot of the affair pieces that are there. And so what we learn from these erotic thrillers is always that it's never worth it to have. Right. No matter what passion you get wrapped up in, it's always going to be your downfall. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how it is in this movie. And there are deaths. They were not deaths that I expected, no, none of this I expected. <laughs> yeah. There's a very strange scene with a boat, um, a speedboat chase through the bayou. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spoil the death scenes. Right. Well, I will also say that this movie looks great, especially for 1991. So the whole time we were watching it, I was like, this looks really good for the subject matter. And it's because it was our cinematographer is Walt Lloyd, who did Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Pump Up the Volume, Kafka, The Santa Claus, and Empire Records. There's a scene where Nick Cage paints Judge Reinhold's portrait, mm-hmm. but then he also paints on Erica Anderson's body mm-hmm. and eventually paints himself completely black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't think any of that would be in this movie, no? yet there it is. And it's I think it's really Nicolas Cage painting Judge Reinhold, which is like, <laughs> watch Zandali just for that. Eventually, Nick Cage does go really big, and this is 1991, so I think we'd gotten, like, Raising Arizona and stuff like that, but this is a pretty good... If you like Nicolas Cage when he goes big, watch this movie for sure. The script is really something. It's written by Mary Kornhauser, who wrote WTF in 1994, which also stars Aaron Neville, which I was like, Maybe they're buds. What? That's how he ended up in there. It's really weird. Now, I'm going to say something about this film. So if you haven't seen Zandali, go watch, pause this, go watch Zandali, and then come back to it. Okay, did you come back? All right. So one of my favorite scenes is on a dock, and it's Nicolas Cage and Judge Reinhold, and they do a dance, and it's unbelievable. (laughs) It brought me so much joy. Yeah. I was grinning ear to ear. Mm -hmm. It goes so long. I think I laughed at three separate parts. Yeah, well, I mean, I still don't really understand what's happening. (laughs) It's so crazy. (laughs) Is it like a specific dance we're supposed to know? Is it... It's so weird. Some kind of fencing thing? Like, I couldn't really figure it out. I don't know if they're swapping, like, who's leading or not. And we're watching a power struggle. But it is an ornate dance sequence on the dock of the bayou. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Between Judge Reinhold and Nicolas Cage. If that doesn't bring you joy... I don't know what will. Hmm. And the last note that I had really was the last line of the film is, you got to make your accounts payable, man. And then it just cuts to credits after something very drastic happens. Yeah. And I was like, what a weird ending. And then I thought, well, this is Zandali. It's all pretty weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Pretty weird. Pretty fun, though. I'm surprised I hadn't seen it or heard of it. It Never heard of it. Late return. Yeah, I've never heard it mentioned, considering how much love Nicolas Cage has been getting Mm -hmm. in recent years. Pig being one of his best performances, I think, that came out this year. So if you love Pig, watch Zandali. It's nothing like Pig. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like it. But, you know, if you need some Nick Cage time, do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a wild movie. Should we make a wild announcement? Let's do it. All right. So there's a couple episodes left in season eight of VHS. And then 
October, we have a couple special episodes that will be bonus episodes that are fitting for the spooky season with guests. And when season nine starts, VHS will be in us as Sarah is joining the podcast. Woohoo! So you will have two hosts. And we will figure out how to schedule that with a child. But we're going to make it work. So we're going to try something different for season nine. It'll be Dirk and Sarah Marshall hosting VH Us. Mm-hmm. We just needed to spend more time together. More time. We're like, <laughs> let's check in more and record it. That's it. Do you have anything to close out? Any, any final thoughts you'd like to share with people? No, I don't think so. I just like chatting about movies with you. And I think it'll be fun to have some new guests on the show Mm -hmm. and hear about their profession. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to bring a real fun element to it that was not previously here. I'm hoping you'll take on all the heavy lifting and I can just sit back and, no? All right. (laughs) I promise to laugh a lot. Okay, perfect, perfect. That's a guarantee. So there you go, everybody. There's the news. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of New Releases and Late Returns. Until next time, this has been... V-H-Us. <laughs>